morning. Welcome. Hallelujah. Welcome this morning. Oh, praise God. Glory to God. We get the honor once a month. Get the honor every day, actually, to be in his presence and to pray. But once a month, um, about over five years ago, the Lord spoke to us to begin to do a saturation of prayer where we, we spend time, uh, extended time, praying for a variety of subjects. And we gather together on the internet. We gather together here. We lay hands on the sick that are here. If that you come and you would like us to lay hands on you, tomorrow we are going to be here. So we'll be starting at 6 in the morning, and we'll be going till, till noon. So please join us for our monthly prayer saturation. We're calling it now Love, Pray, and Build. Because as the Lord gave us in this year, at the beginning of this year, that he wanted us to be using the book of Nehemiah chapter 4, where he told the people to pray and to build and to hold their sword in one hand and build in another. And so we're not just, we're not shrinking back. Hallelujah. We are going forward. And so... Contrary to popular belief, the Church of, uh, church of Jesus Christ is, as a, is an ever-increasing kingdom, amen? And so we are on the increase. We're not on the decrease, amen? And so tomorrow morning, we'll be starting at 6, and I'll give you the prayer. Uh, it should be also on our website. I'm going to give you the line to call in on if you're from out of town or out of state or out of the country, you can call in and you can join us via the conference line. But again, we'll be here in the morning. So if you can just join us for part of the time, you don't have to stay on for hours. We're, we're going to be here, but it's my time to connect with some of you from the different parts of the state and, and join with you. And we can just kind of hear a recap of some things that are on your heart. And so it's a powerful time of, of prayer. And we do pray for the sick. Again, if you have an area of illness, we will pray for you. And so let me give you the number. It's 515-606-5179 and ex extension 671072. So you have to plug that in. 515-606-5179 and then the extension is 671072. And so we appreciate you joining with us tomorrow. I pray for you anyway. But uh, we cover a lot of things. We pray for our um, weekly, of course. We pray for our partners, and we pray for those ordained under the ministry. But we appreciate if you have a chance to call in and join with us as we uh, let you know that we're going to be, be on tomorrow, that you can join up with us and we can connect via phone and pray for you. And so we look forward to a powerful time tomorrow. And then around 10 or 10.30, we will recap what we are, what uh, God spoke to us uh, in the prayer meeting, a recap of kind of the focus of, of tomorrow. So join with us. I want to just give you a scripture before Pastor Kevin comes forth. We had an awesome time in, in Jacksonville uh, this week. We got, or McClendon, we got to uh, visit with, with Sister Velma and the people, the fellowship there. And it was such an encouragement to us. And we so appreciate the honor of being able to just to fellowship with you and be an encouragement to you wherever you are. And uh, we would love for you to join us here. Uh, we're still here. We haven't left you. We're still here praying for you. Still in our place on the wall. Amen. And we'd love to see you uh, personally with us. But let me just give you this passage because there's, there's always, Pastor Kevin talks about this, there's God's part and there's our part. And it says, um, this is,
and from, some, from Psalm 118, hallelujah, and it says, hallelujah, I shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Can you say that? I will live and not die. And I will declare the works of the Lord. It's not enough that you live and not die. You've got to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord, what he's done for you. As we sang before you weren't online, we talked about this is how we overcome. This is how we overcome. Pastor Kevin shared on this Wednesday night. This is how we overcome. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, and we not love not ourselves, eat our lives, even unto death. There's some dying to the flesh that you're going to have to give up when you declare the works of the Lord. You're going to have to own up that God had to deliver you. I had to be delivered. I'm still being delivered. But when pride says, oh, I'm going to keep this quiet. I don't want anybody to know what difficulty I've been through. I don't want anybody to know what happened over here. But this is what he says here. I will live and I will not die and I will declare the works of the Lord. How, how does it glorify God if you live and no one knows you have a testimony? But he said that you overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of your testimony. I have a testimony. Do you have a testimony? I have a oh, praise God. I don't know about you, but I have a daily testimony of something that God has done for me and how He had to deliver me out of the snare of the fowler. How He had to deliver me out of that, that fiery pit that I was in. How He had to deliver me out of that gossip session that I was in the other day. How He delivered me out of that situation of not speaking against my neighbor. Whatever it was, give some testimony of how he delivered you. It wasn't your own strength that did this. It wasn't your own righteousness, but it was that God met me. He delivered me out of the snare of the fowler. Amen? And, and my soul escaped. I don't know about you, but my soul has escaped some things. Has your soul escaped? I tell you, my soul is still escaping some things because God is faithful to deliver us, to cause us to triumph in every situation through Jesus Christ. It wasn't that we just triumphed in our own self, but he caused us to triumph in this situation and that we would be a fragrance, that we'd be a savior of Jesus Christ, not just a savior of how great we are, but how great he is. Come on. Amen. He is great, isn't he? What has he done for you lately? Don't, don't stop and just say, oh, yes, we're just so happy. He's been so blessed. He's blessed. Well, how has he blessed you? Tell the, tell the story how he brought you out of this situation, how he delivered you from grief and sorrow in this situation, because you have a testimony. You have something to share. And you know what happens? is when you start to tell the story. I tell you, you start to recount. And guess what? As Pastor Kevin spoke about on Wednesday night, a book of remembrance is written that you talked often on his name and you will be his in that day when he makes up his jewels. Amen? Amen. And so don't be quiet. Don't be quiet. Those rocks out there are praising 
even right now. If you can hear the sound, they are because everything in all creation gives glory and honor to God. You just might not be able to hear this voice of that rock, but that rock is praising God because all creation declares the glory of the Lord. Even the firmament, the, the lightning when it's, when it's striking, it is declaring the glory of the Lord. Amen? Amen. And so I encourage you, yes, declare, I will live and I will not die. But I am also, don't forget the last part, I declare the works of God. That he himself is the one that delivered me. He is the one that has redeemed me. It is his blood that washes me and presents me faultless. Hallelujah. You give your testimony. Hallelujah. There's nothing more powerful than your personal testimony. I was so honored to be with the, my sister, my um, the pastor, my youth pastor this week. And it was so awesome because every time that I would tell her a story about something in the word, she would say, what is, tell me a testimony of how this walked out. I, I loved it. I loved it. I said, well, this is how this was. And we have them all. Hallelujah. We don't just talk about the word and teach the word. We have the testimony of the proof of the validity of that word around us, in us, through us, still operating, still going forth and making a way. And this is how you overcome. Amen. Then we overcome by the words of our mouth. Hallelujah. We're overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the testimony of our mouth, and we love not ourselves, our lives, even unto death. That means this flesh is going to have to give it up and not be so prideful about everything. You want it to be so secret because you need to tell and declare, and in it is contained life for you. Hallelujah. He wants you to declare the works of the Lord. Not what the devil's done, not what the. Because. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. So give that testimony. Let's, let's start telling our neighbor what he's done for you today instead of what happened but that somebody else did over this situation or that bad situation. What we are to give the good report, right? We have a good report. Hallelujah. It's that Jesus paid the price and we are hit and we are delivered. And so you have a good report. Stop giving the bad report. That's what the devil does. But we come and we bring the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. So Pastor Kevin, let me get out of your way. I'm so looking forward to what he has to say for us. It's been an awesome week, and we uh, look forward to having you in the prayer meeting tomorrow morning. And please catch up with us by phone. Join in with us. There, the Bible says from Psalm 133 that he says that where you dwell in unity, he will command the blessing. You have to choose to get on that phone, to join up. You, if, you can't, if you don't feel that you can get into a group setting, I don't know why, but some of you don't believe you can. If you can't, then you can at least get online. There's no excuse for you. We've provided it all different ways. We'll stand on our head if we have to, to get the gospel to you, to get you deliverance. But you've got to do your part. Amen. Maybe it's today just declaring the works of the Lord and how he, what the enemy meant for evil, God turned around and used for good. Amen. Hallelujah, Pastor. Thank you, Jesus. They don't see that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord.
Well, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me just comment on two things Pastor Gail just said. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about, uh, we talked a little bit about on Wednesday night. So I just encourage you to go back. Would you turn that up just a hair for us there, Pastor Gail? There are folks out there that are a little hard of hearing. And, you know, the, 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 and, and, and what happens is it's a little low on Facebook for reasons I have absolutely no idea. Because it can be it can be deafening in here almost, <laughs> and yet the sound doesn't seem to go on to a Facebook all that that well. Um, you know, Pastor Gill said that you know you know all creation worships the Lord. All creation worships. All creation makes sounds. All creation has a sound, and everything God created has ears or the ability to hear. And in Genesis chapter eleven. And I'll just, I'll just spend just a second on this. You can look it up later on. You can meditate on it. But Genesis chapter 11, it says that the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. Now, the whole earth meaning the created order. All the created order was of one language and one speech. That means that the trees spoke. That means that the animals spoke. That means that the rock spoke. The entire earth spoke, understood, and heard the same language. But, you know, this passage, as you know, this passage of the Tower of Babel. And what happened was that, that uh, uh, at the Tower of Babel, God came down and he confounded the languages, not just of men, but languages of animals and languages of trees and so forth. And where the whole earth was of the same language, now they're not. Now the, the languages are different. So it's not just the languages of men, but uh, as a great picture in some of the, those movies they made about the C.S. Lewis books, um, where you see the trees speaking and so forth, you know, and it's uh, it was a, it was an accurate picture, an accurate Darn representation from the word. And uh, but as far as you're concerned, <laughs> everything God made has ears, and so your ability to speak to things, your ability to speak into the created order to make changes, to be able to speak the word of God. See, in Revelation, it says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. The blood of the lamb, as powerful as it was, the most powerful force, the, the, the most powerful force ever in the created order was the blood of the lamb. Amen. And yet it functions by the word of your testimony. Amen. It's a powerful thing. In other words, there's Amen. a, there's a two-step process involved there. It's not just the delivery by the blood of the Lamb, but it's the word of your testimony. You know, the word says that you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So there's a two-step process. In other words, you can believe. Uh, you, you, you can believe, but if you don't make that confession, you don't fully enter into the salvation promise. So once again, you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth. It's the same thing. You're delivered by, and the reason is the mouth and words. You know, God himself, he called himself the word. He's honoring his word. In fact, it says he honors his word above his own name. Well, he was the word. He called, Jesus is called the word. Jesus was the, the word. So that word is the most powerful force in all the created order. 
and in the eternal order, but it requires your decree, it requires your speaking, it requires your testimony in order to, and I will tell you this, it's not just to establish it, but it's to sustain it. You see, see, like we, we believe, um, and are, are thoroughly convinced that, that you know, the, the word once said, always say it, and there's only one unpardonable sin, and that's the sin of rejection of Jesus Christ. And you can reject Jesus Christ. You can accept him one day, and you can reject him another. And that rejection then will keep you from, from going into heaven, in other words, because you chose. Sin does not separate you from heaven. Sin does not separate you from God. God made the bridge. Jesus Christ was the bridge for us to walk over from, from death to life. For us to walk over from sin to righteousness. Jesus Christ was the, the, the bridge for that. So sin is not going to separate you. What will separate you is the decision that you want to be separated. But other than that, you see, so what happens is because words have such power. Because, see, words were originally introduced. And we see this in the book of Genesis. Words were introduced not for communication. They were introduced for the release of power. Amen. See, and what God did was God said, let there be light. Amen. It wasn't Amen. because there was somebody that needed to hear that there was light. It was because the power needed to be released, and he released his power through the word. That's why he is the word. He is power. He is the source of all power. But when he speaks, power is released. It was intended that you would operate exactly the same way. Your words are intended for the release of power first. Communication, yes, of course, the word of our, the word of your testimony. So the, the purpose of the word of your testimony is not just that other people can hear it, not just that other people get witness, but that you release the power of it. You see, there's a power in that blood. The blood, the, there's a delivering power in the blood. But that power functions when you release it out of your mouth. That's it's the way God intended it. That's the way God set it up. We live in a word-based system, and that's how it works. You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. You're delivered by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. In other words, the word of your testimony accepts it, confirms it, receives it, releases it. Words do all of those things. So it's not just a, it's not just enough to be delivered by the blood of the Lamb. You gotta say it. You gotta declare it. You gotta realize it. You gotta tell it. You gotta release that power out there. Oh hallelujah. The reason the the reason God confounded the languages was he realized that because men had, all men had a sin nature at that time. Jesus Christ had not yet gone to the cross. He had not paid the price for mankind to be delivered, for, the, for them to be the righteousness of God, nor for the Holy Spirit to dwell upon the inside of men. So what happened at that particular time, all men were, had a sin nature. They were not born again. No man was born again at that particular point. And so God realized that because, in fact, I'll read it to you right here uh, uh, in, in verse 5 uh, Genesis chapter 11 verse 5 he says and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower 
which the, the children of men built, in other words, the Tower of Babel they built. And the Lord said, Behold, the people are one. They all have one language, and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scatters them abroad. In other words, what, what God realized was they can destroy the created order with their speech. Yes. Because these people now, they're all, they all have darkened minds. Hallelujah. Is that a sound? Sound okay? Hallelujah. If, you, if you're watching at home and the sound is not okay, send us a text or send Pastor Gail a, a text and, and let her know that. Sometimes we don't even know. You know, we've got our microphones all the way up. We've got the sound all the way up on our transmitter. But, you know, hey, at the end of the day, you know, so what God realized was that what in fact what he just said there, they see the same thing. These are these are darkened minds. These are people of depraved minds, they're darkened minds, they have a sin nature. They all are seeing the same thing, which is not what God desires. They're all seeing the same thing. And they're beginning to say the same thing, and now nothing is going to be restrained from them. In other words, what God realized was they will destroy the created order. They have the capacity within them to destroy the created order. So I'm going to confound their speech. I'm not going to change how it's done. I'm not going to change how, because my eternal word said that it was the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony that was going to deliver them. I'm not going to change that. I'm not going to change that they're in a word-based system. What I'm going to do is I'm going to confound their language Amen. so they can't all see the same thing, so they can't all say the same thing. And if they can't see the same thing and they can't say the same thing, there's only a limited amount of agreement that they can come into. See, the power of agreement, the law of agreement. Um, what God said in the beginning was what he said, let us make man in our image after our life. And let them have dominion. In other words, who, who, who's our? It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It's the Trinity. It's, it's all of God. There was an agreement amongst all of God. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to make it. This is how we're going to make it operate. So the word of your testimony, your words, your, your words, you've got to get into the habit. You know, many years ago, Gail and I were, uh, uh, and, and we've been in the Pentecostal way for a long, long time. <laughs> Certainly all of our married life, anyway. But one, one, one uh, night years ago, we used to go to a church that was a long way away. And uh, it took us almost an hour to get there. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what happened was, um, we decided one Wednesday night, because it's hard getting in from work and getting ready to go. So we decided we're going to go to a, a church that some of our friends go to. It's a Baptist church. And um, it's, a, it's a big Baptist church. It's a wonderful Baptist church. They do a wonderful work. So we go to the thing, and they're going to pray. They say, okay, we're going we're to pray. We're going we're to have a prayer meeting. And, uh, you, you know, they give you a subject of prayer. And they say, already pray. And there is dead silence in the entire room. I mean, you can hear a pin drop in the room. Not one sound in that room of the, of, of the people praying. That's not what God intended. That is so contrary to who God is. God wants you to make some noise. 
He wants you to get something out of your mouth. He wants you to change the atmosphere that you're in. I mean, here we are in this situation, and there's not a sound to change the atmosphere, you know? And I just, I, I just been already a little bit. <laughs> anyway, when you pray, make some noise. Make, let the sounds of your mouth change the atmosphere around you. We've all seen that. We've been, you know, they got this thing now. It's some of the gas stations where you go into the gas station and get some gas, and as soon as you start pumping the gas, like a little television comes on, and it's got a, a, a pre-recorded message, and, and it's garbage, it's absolute garbage, but you can't shut it off. You can't change it, there's nothing you can do. And it changes the atmosphere where you're standing. I mean, yes. you, you might have come in feeling one way, and all of a sudden, the atmosphere changes. Or we've all been in this in this situation where we, we, we're in the gas station, we're getting some gas, and some guy pulls in with a boom box, you know, and the boom box is reverberating these incredible noises that take dominion over the entire area of the gas station there. See, that's what sound does. Sound takes dominion. Sound, sound takes over a dominion. You want it to be the sound of praise and adoration and thanksgiving and the sound of the word and the sound of your adoration of, of, of God. That's what you want in the atmosphere around you. You don't want uh, the, you know, you don't want something other than that. Let's, let's just, let's say it that way. So the idea of sound was dominion, that it takes, sound occupies space and it takes dominion over that space. It is for that reason, and I, you know, this wasn't where we intended to go here today, but it was. it is for that reason that the power of your confession, that your confession is so powerful. Because what happens is when you begin to confess the word, that word that you're confessing enters the atmosphere around you. You hear it with your ears. It can begin to change your heart. It can begin to change your spirit, man. It can begin to do a work upon the inside of you because you've released it out there and it's in the atmosphere out there around you. So what happens is you can conquer depression with your words. You can conquer discouragement with your words. You can conquer the sense of defeat with your words. You can change your attitude. That's why praise is so important. You know, we, we talked about this last Wednesday, and then we talked about it again when we were visiting our, with our friends. Um, we had an opportunity to minister Friday night with, with our friends. We, we talked about the power of the Canaanite woman who who begins to worship. And that's Matthew. I'll tell you what, let me just turn there real quick. It's Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, verse uh, 22. Thank you. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And he answered her not a word. And the disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away. She crieth after us. Notice what she's doing there. She's filling the atmosphere with the sound of her cries, with the sound of her demand. She's making... A Amen. demand. But there's something wrong with the demand. Once again, she is not a member of the covenant. She's not an Israelite. Jesus, Jesus goes on to say, listen, I came to minister to the to the Israelites. I came to minister to the Jewish.
you're not part of that covenant. So she's making a noise, and she's taking dominion over the space, over the area, and her noise is creating attention. In other words, all of a sudden, the disciples who've got other things on their mind, their attention has now been directed to her, and she's annoying them, and she's making sounds, and the sounds are, are, are destroying the peace around the area, and they say to Jesus, you know, get rid of this woman, you know? She's... What you, you don't read it here, but what they were saying was she's taken the dominion over this area here and she's she's consuming the, the dominion in this area. See, is one of the things, for example, for me, and I, I, I'm different than you, I'm different than a lot of people, I understand this. I never wanted music playing in my workplace, you know, where, where I'm yeah, working. Because right. I don't want my mind focused on the music that's right, playing. Right. I don't want that sound to come in. I want my focus to be on what I'm working on, what my attention right, is on, right, what I'm doing. Right. I understand people, there are other people, maybe they're smarter than I am. Maybe they got better attention spans than I do. They can, they can play music and they can watch the TV and they can do a half a dozen things while they're working. I couldn't do that. You know, my deal was I needed to focus on exactly. Yes. I couldn't have the dominion of music coming into my space and taking over my space. That's what's happening here. This woman is coming in. She's taken over the space with the sound that she's made, but it's not, but she's not born again. She's not espousing much of anything. She's not espousing faith. She's not really espousing anything at that particular moment. But I want you to notice what happens. See, Jesus doesn't answer her. Jesus doesn't answer her, you know, right off. Then he says, listen, I'm not called to you. I'm not called to your people. I'm not called to the people of Canaan. I'm called to the Jews. And, uh, but she begins to change the atmosphere with her worship. All of a sudden, she begins to worship him, and everything changes. The circumstances change. The situation changes. She makes him Lord. She makes him her Lord. You see, that's what worship does. Worship makes him your Lord. See, he's, he's the Lord over your body. He's the Lord of healing, whether you know it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not. He, he's, not a, he's the Lord, your healer. See, that's what the word says. I am the Lord, your healer. He's the Lord, your healer, whether you know it or not. But if you don't acknowledge it, if you've not accepted it, if you've not made it a reality to you, he's still the healer. He's just not your healer because you didn't make him healer. So what happens here, see, is she begins to worship him. And as she begins to worship him, she is releasing sound into the atmosphere that changes the dynamic of the atmosphere. And all of a sudden, he becomes her healer. He becomes Amen. her deliverer. Amen. He becomes her Lord and her God. It changed everything through the operation of the worship. And then he answers and says to her, see, she, what happened is that worship engaged him. The, the sound of worship and the sound that was embedded in that worship, which was making him Lord, making him healer, yes. Making him deliver the sound that was embedded you, in Lord. that worship caused him to speak, caused him to realize. And, and, and he, he says, You know, um, it's not me to take the children's bread and cast to the dogs. And she said, True, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. 
And Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it done to thee, even as thou wilt. She didn't, ex she didn't say faith. The faith word faith wasn't. What happened was he heard it in the sound of her voice. When she said, you, could, you got something for me too, you know? I mean, I can get a little bit of this. What she was saying was, you're the healer. And you may be called to them over there, but there's a little bit for me in there too. There's something else I can get. And my daughter needs a little bit of this. And I'm coming, I'm imploring, I'm worshiping, I'm making a declaration. I'm changing. And notice that it was all about sound. And she, it's the sounds that are changing the dynamic of the situation. The first sound is coming out of the mouth of a woman who's born again. And she's crying out before God. And God's basically ignoring her. But when she begins to worship, when she changes the dynamic of the situation, when she begins to release in her words who he was and what he was doing and what she needed him to do, and, and her love and adoration for him, everything changed all of a sudden. And then when it changed, it got his attention in such a way that his attention was on her faith. Now, I will tell you this, that God is obligated to respond to faith. You know, when you as the righteousness of God, when you as the one who's making a demand upon his power for something, when you make a demand upon his power as the righteousness of God, what happens is he hears faith in there. When he hears faith in there, he it directs his attention and he is obligated to respond to faith. Anyway, it's a great, great picture. And so your words, your declarations, the things that you say, I assure you, they matter. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Well, I appreciate that I've eaten up a lot of our time here, but let's let's just look at Second Kings. Let's get the, over to the main thing here. Look at Second Kings chapter four. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, let's see, let me just take one second. We'll still look at the same thing she had before. But Pastor Gail was talking about Malachi 3, where it says that, you know, those that spoke often on his name, there was a book of remembrance made uh, uh, about them. Now, once again, remember to, you know, the, the Bible talks about remembering. Biblical term of remembering is different than what we think biblical term of remembering is. See, uh, you and I will remember, oh yeah, I, I forgot that now, I remember that. But when the Bible talks about God remembering, it means he focused in on somebody to do something for them. See, Noah is, now remember Noah, Noah in his time, Noah is the only righteous man on earth, and Noah is stuck in this boat over there. And as the waters recede from the earth, the Bible says God remembered Noah. Well, it wasn't that he'd forgotten about Noah. Noah's the only righteous man on earth. He's, he's God's creation. He's the only righteous man. And God saved his family, but they weren't righteous. It was only God. Was, only Noah was the righteous man. 
So God saves Noah because of his righteousness. Well, God has not forgotten about Noah out there, but it says that God remembered Noah. It means he's ready to do something for Noah. He's ready to establish Noah in his position as the God of the earth, because that's who Noah was. Noah was the God of the earth. And in order to do that, Noah creates an altar. Amen. Noah Amen. creates an altar before the God. Amen. And so Amen. when God remembered Noah, in other words, I'm going to get him out of the boat, I'm going to get him in a position where he can acknowledge me as Lord and we can begin to repopulate this earth together. We can begin to do this thing Amen. together. Thank you, Lord. Uh, in uh, uh, Jacob's wife, uh, Rachel, Jacob had two wives, Rachel and Leah. Rachel was barren. And but the word says there came a point where God remembered Rachel. In other words, Amen. she was barren, and God made her unbarren. That's what, so when he remembered, it didn't mean that he'd forgotten about Rachel. It didn't mean that Rachel just kind of came to his attention. I mean, it's time now to do something for Rachel. That's what happens in this book of remembrance. That's what the book of Amen. remembrance is all about. Amen. Is These are the people I'm going to do something for. These are the people Amen. I want to do something for. There is nothing more powerful than having God remember you. Because when God remembers you, he does something for you. Psalm 37, 4, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. That's what you want. You want to delight yourself in the Lord so that he will give you the desires mm -hmm. of your heart. Thank you, Jesus. It's, a, it's an extraordinary picture. But in Malachi, the, in the end of Malachi chapter 3, let's just turn there just for a minute. We'll come back to where we are. Then they, verse 16, then they that feared the Lord spoke often one to another. The word feared means reverence, mm -hmm. honored. Mm -hmm. In other words, it wasn't just they weren't afraid of him. They were reverencing him. They were honoring him. They were honoring him in their speech. They were honoring him with their actions. They were honoring him with their words. Then they that honored the Lord spoke often one to another. In other words, their testimony. Once again, you're delivered by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. What he's saying is those that truly feared the Lord, those that truly loved the Lord, they spoke about it. They told each other about it. They, they couldn't shut up about it. And the Lord heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him. Once again, remember that remembrance is not just something, you know, I, it's going to come to mind every once in a while. No, a book of remembrance means I'm going to do things for them. I'm going to deliver them. I'm going to give them the desires of their heart. Because they've delighted themselves. You know, and this is just a, just a thought. They that feared the Lord spoke often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And the book of remembrance was made. If just speaking of it, of just your testimony, 
would encourage him to do things for you. How about if you obeyed him? How about if you believed him? How about if you sought out the word and you did the word, you obeyed the word? I mean, wouldn't that even be more powerful than talking about the thing? Of course it would be, you know, to be consumed with the word, to be guided by the word, to be led by the word, to let the word be what causes you to rise up and to fall, to sit up and to take notice, to do the things that God has for you to do, is what did his word say? Hallelujah. You want God to remember you. You want God to be remembered. You. Oh, so humble. Let's look at uh, 2 Kings chapter 4. And uh, we'll start at 2 Kings 4, verse 8. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shimon, and there was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned, turned in thither to eat bread. I'll, I'll read the whole chapter, then we'll come, we'll come back. I'll read the whole thing. Turned in thither to eat bread. And she said to her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God who passes by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. And let him set, let us set there for him a bed, a table, a stool, a candlestick, and it shall be that when he comes to us, that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, called the Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him, and he said unto her, him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. In other words, you've honored us. You've done things for us. What is to be done for you? Would you be spoken of to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. In other words, I, I, I'm okay. I don't need anything. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when she, he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, nay, my lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaiden. And the woman conceived and bore a son at that season that Elijah had said unto her, according to the time of life. So what happens here is the woman recognizes there's a man of God coming. She begins to sow to him. She recognizes there's an anointing on this man. And I want to entertain the anointing. I want to create a place. I want to make a place for the anointing. to make a place for him to speak to me. I've got to make a place. I've got to make time. 
be able to speak to me. He's not going to interrupt your busy day. He's not going to come in when you're real busy doing all kinds of things or when you're interacting with your friends or doing whatever it is that you're doing. He's not going to come in and interrupt you. You must make a place for the anointing. That's what this woman does here. There's a place of honor. She honors him. She makes a place for him. She sows to the anointing, if you will. But she's sowing. She's trying to capture his presence. I'll tell you, if you could get that. See, what people don't do is they try to get the church service down. How can we get the church service down? You know, I remember this church that we went to years ago. You know, the, 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 the board of directors chastised the pastor and said, you've got to keep your message for 20 minutes. You've got to get your message for 20 minutes. In other words, if you can't get it in 20 minutes, we're going to make the people mad. We're going to lose the people mad. Are you kidding me? If you've got to be limited to 20 minutes to deliver the word of God and the people are going to leave because of it, let them leave. In fact, open the door for them and push them out, you know, because there's, they're not making any place for the anointing. They're not making any room for the anointing. There's a place, if I want God to do something for me, I've got to make a place for his presence. I've got to make a place for his word. Because he does everything by his word. And I've got to make a place for him. So, so this woman, she, she recognizes he's passing by. She recognizes I've got an opportunity to make a place for the anointing in my life. I've got an opportunity to make a place for the presence of God to intervene in, in my life. And so that's what she does. She begins to sow to the, the presence of God. Hallelujah. I, I didn't bring it with me, you know, but... but uh, I bought another one yesterday. I have these little recorders, you know. And um, in my prayer time, I take these recorders out with me. They cost, I think, well, I bought another one yesterday. I think it was $50 to $40, $30, $40, or something like that. I mean, it's it's nothing. But what it is, it's an opportunity to capture the word of God as it comes. So if I'm praying to the Lord, Amen. and the Lord gives me a thought or an idea or an explanation of a passage of scripture, or an instruction, or something like that. I've got my little recorder. I can, I can, can, can record it. I record dreams on it. I record, uh, you know, the word of the Lord. But that's the main function of it is to record uh, when, when the Lord speaks to me. So I, I, I bought a forty-dollar item. I was sowing to that word that I could retain that word that I could hear it. And I could save it, and I could retain it, and I wasn't going to forget it, and I'm not going to, you know, fail to act on it. Because I'm busy. I get busy, just like you do. I get busy. And, you know, God can tell you to do something, and then, you know, you, you're just busy, and you don't get around to doing it. I mean, that's the reality of the lives that we live. That's the reality right, of, of right, who right, we are. Right, right. But if you sow to, how do I get out? of the place of disobedience? How do I get out of the place of lack of attention to God? How do I get myself out of the place where I'm unable to do what God, hear his word or hear his voice or hear him do? How do I get myself out of that? If you begin to sow to that, what happens is you begin to move in that. God, you know, God's word, there's a continuous open channel out there. Think of it as a radio station, you know? A radio station that broadcasts across all frequencies. But you only hear at one particular frequency. 
Well, that's the deal. I want to, I've got to find that frequency where I can connect to God and where I can hear from him, I can receive from him, I can do those things. He'll broadcast on any frequency you want. You've got to set the terms of it. And that's what she's doing here. What she's saying is, I'm making a place for the anointing. I'm making a place to get the anointing to tarry here so that I can interact with it, so that I can receive it, so that I can honor it, so that I can show it that it means something to me. Now, and what happens here? Because she's sown to the man of God. She's, she's, and, and he is the voice of, the, of God in the earth here. He, he is the prophet. He is the voice of, of God to the people of God, to, to, to the earth. And so she's sown to that. She's created. And he says to Gehazi, call the Shema. Now, you know, one of the things that happened to, to, to people, and, and this is born, even, even born-again people, is, you know, God will speak to people about doing something, and they don't do it. There's a lot of reasons why they may not do it. You know, maybe they're busy. Maybe they, you know, we, we, we've had people tell us, you know, God spoke to me to do this and such, but I couldn't do it because, you know. I couldn't do it because, you know, I remember hearing somebody tell me one time that God had spoken to them about moving, you know, but I couldn't sell my house. I couldn't sell my business. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. And they were unable to do it. I personally have been in that situation where God's spoken to me to do something and I just couldn't figure out how to do it. I wasn't mature enough to understand that all I had to do was begin to walk in the direction that he said and he would make everything else happen. See, when God tells you to do something, he's not saying, I need you to do this thing. What he's saying is, I need you to believe me to do it through you. I need you to believe me with faith that I can do this thing through you and that you and I can do this thing together. When he instructs you to do something, that's what he's saying. What he's saying is, I need your faith. I need your, I just, I need somebody to do this through and I'd like it to be you. So he says, he says so, so he says, call the Shunammite. Well, there's a lot of people God can call. You know, one of the things that the Shunammite had already begun to develop herself, she's sown to the anointing. She recognizes there's a power there. And as she sows to it, she's going to reap from it. That's a big yes. deal, too. So it's the yes. power of sowing and reaping. As she sows to it, she's going to reap, she's going to reap from it. So when he says, call the Shunammite, she's there. Yeah. You know, she, she shows up. It's a big deal. And he says, say now unto her, you've been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Would you be spoken to for the king or the captain of the host? And she answered, you know, I don't need any of those things. I dwell among my people. And he said, then what is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. Call the Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaid. In other words, they found the desire of her heart. 
this was the thing that she wanted more than anything else that she didn't have and that she wasn't ever going to have. They found the thing that, once again, if you delight yourself in the Lord, God will give you the desires of your heart. She had delighted herself in the presence of God. She had delighted herself in the anointing. She had delighted herself in making provision for the anointing. And what happens now is God says, I'm going to give you the desire. I'm going to give you the desire of your heart. And she recognizes this is the desire of her heart. You know, Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Part of the being in the book of remembrance so that God can remember things for you. God can do things for you. You're in the book of remembrance. God's going to do things for you supernaturally that he wouldn't do for other people because they didn't make room for him. They didn't make room for the anointing. They didn't believe him. They didn't believe his word. I'll tell you one of the things about, you know, see, what happens is she says, Nay, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaiden. She had to believe it. There had to be a place of faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. Without faith, it's impossible to receive anything. And the woman conceived, and she bore a son at that season that Elijah had said unto her according to the time of life. So what, what, what uh, Elijah said came to pass. He granted unto her the desires of her heart. But it was her pursuit of the anointing. It was her pursuit of God. It was her pursuit of the things of God and the presence of God that caused him to grant her the things that were the desire, things that were the desire of her heart. It's, a, it's an extraordinary, it's an extraordinary picture. And God will do the same thing for you. Oh, let me say that again. I mean, this is the voice of personal experience. God will do that for you. God will Amen. give you the desires of your heart. And he can find the desires of your heart with no problem. Mm -hmm. He's easily able to determine what is, even if you didn't say it. See, the woman never said to them, I'd like to have a child. The great disappointment of my life was I never had a son. The, the, you know, the, the, the great disappointment of my husband's life was he never had a son. We never had children. That was the thing we, you know, we, we, she didn't, that was not her testimony. Where her testimony was that you're worth pursuing. You, I'm going to pursue the anointing. I'm going to make room for the anointing. I'm going to be in the presence. She never even asked for the thing that she desired. That's a powerful picture. She, she didn't whine and cry about what she didn't get, what she didn't have. God knew what was the desire of her heart and said, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to grant you the desire of your heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, we, we know from the rest of the story what happens. Let me just read the rest of the story. Actually, what happens is, let me just, let me answer this time. What happens is the child dies. The child ends up dying. So she takes the child, puts him on the man of God's bed, puts him into the room that she's created, and she goes to find the man of God, goes to get the man of God. And she says, and, and we'll, let's pick up verse 